everyone and welcome to Free Kick, the AFLW Fantasy Podcast. Tonight I'm joined by the full gang as we talk about round nine and get excited for the final round of the home and away season of season eight. How's it going specifically, Liam? Thank you specifically, Mel. It's going both amazingly well and super stressfully, I think is the main thing. Like the Bombers had a big win, my team had a huge round, but now I actually have to stress about this next round because the Bombers can still fall out of the eight and I've got to try and hold a good rank for one final round of the season. I don't know how I'm going to handle it. Yeah, I mean, Will and I are just sitting here hanging out and you've got a a proper stressful week coming on. Um, Outside of that, uh, how was your weekend of enjoying footy? Uh, It was uh, very, very mixed. Uh, Started poorly on the Friday night uh, and then I was down the coast for an end-of-season soccer team trip uh, and then it was going even worse in the first few games on Saturday because I was being forced to work. And then Mm. midway through the second quarter of the Bombers game, I got the best email you'll ever get in your life, which is project's been pushed back a week. You don't have to kill yourself for Monday. (laughs) Work laptop closed immediately. Watch Bonnie go to work. And then suddenly it was better. Oh, funny that. Good. So you got to watch a good handful of the games. Yeah, I was watching a lot of them like on my computer and on the TV, but I wasn't actually at any games this weekend. Mm, Yes. And Will, how are you? Hmm. Well, enough about me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I can't say my weekend was that fabulous, uh, especially from a fantasy point of view, um, because my team had an absolute shocker. So I'm just going to kick back and enjoy the footy this week because I'm not watching a fantasy team rise in the ranks. So, Yeah. yeah. Well, look. Speaking about footy, we did get to a couple of pretty fun games. We did, and it was a, a great weekend of uh, football viewing. Uh, we were thankfully able to go to the, the game that Liam wasn't, which was the Bombers-Essendon game. Uh, Windy Hill, interesting <laughs> place to watch football, but it was a really good game to, to enjoy. Got to, to chat with uh, some of the players afterwards, including Jess Wushner, which was fantastic. Loves her fantasy. Uh, also got on the griddle, which was which was great. And... Um, <laughs> Then went to see Geelong smash Richmond, which is good. So I was very happy with uh, seeing Geelong almost secure a place in the finals. It's not a sure thing yet, but they're a good chance. It's very interesting, Will, that you've actually managed to make it onto the pod when Geelong have won and not been on there when they've lost. Because I seem to remember a couple of weeks ago you saying Geelong might not lose a game for the rest of the year. And then I think they've lost a few. Yeah, the, I'll be honest. The one that the one that threw me was actually that Bombers game. Because mm. that was the game where we were in great form. Bombers were going all right, but they weren't, you know, necessarily in the, in the form that's really got them into the finals. That one really threw a bit of a curveball to me, I'll say that. Um, having said that, we're still in a good position. Our best football's pretty good. Obviously, don't think we're probably contending with, with the bigger teams this year, but I'm pretty happy with the, the progression nonetheless. Yeah, going out to Windy Hill was good. Uh, I hadn't been there before, so I was excited. I actually got to go and check out that stadium, which is always fun to go somewhere new. Mm. But then I got to go see my second team get smashed by Geelong after watching Melbourne take Frio. As expected. So, like, not a great weekend for actually watching teams I support win. But 
pretty good. Got to go to a couple of games, got to watch a lot of the other games and got to meet my personal favourite player just between you and I, Will, for our relationship, Claudio Gunjaka, uh, <laughs> after after the win for Geelong on uh, Saturday night. She's, uh, she's absolutely stunning after playing an entire game of football and she looks so much more well put together than I do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was that was a good one. Yeah, Claudia Njaka, one of my favourite players from a football perspective, one of my least favourite <laughs> players from a fantasy perspective. Uh, but, it, but it was great. I think she's had a fantastic year, breakout year this year in defence. So regardless of the fantasy output, I'm pretty happy with how she's going. Yeah. So like, yeah, from a fantasy perspective, we joked a few weeks ago how you guys were two ships passing in the night. Um, unfortunately, one of those ships has run into an iceberg. Um well, my, ship is, my, ship is, my ship is at the bottom of the ocean at the moment. <laughs> yeah. and, um, it's now shipwreck a, a, for future explorers. For, yes, it's a home for it's a home for the fishers now. So we will let that one pass by. And I, I've uh, I've jumped aboard the uh, emeritus professor's ship, and I'm following that oh, one you... going forward. Oh, you have. Oh, I this have is news. <laughs> this is news. And uh, yes, I'm now uh, pinning my hopes on Liam. So I'm. I'm Unfortunately for you, Liam, adding a little bit of extra pressure because now if, if you fail to make the top 100, I'm also going to be sad. So, <laughs> Co-coaches. Got... <laughs> I, I don't like to uh, to throw around big calls often, Liam, but you've got the hopes of a nation on your shoulders. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, Thank you. That's really deloading the stress that I've already talked about having. That's very helpful, Will. And uh, I, I believe in you, so... I mean, I mean, you've had a you've had a stunning round, and I think that's probably a good segue. Sorry to steal your hosting role, uh, Mel, but nah. that's probably probably a good segue because I could talk about what I did this week, but it's basically just a load of garbage. So, Liam, <laughs> what have you done this week? Because it was pretty bloody impressive. So, I managed to have a good round. Mm. I got sixteen eighty two. But did you get rank, rank number of... one, Liam? Did you get round no? Rank... I didn't oh. get. I didn't get round rank of one, and I missed it by like twelve points. Mm. Okay. Uh, I so it was a round rank of four. Uh, uh, my trades this week were Emily Borg to uh, Versace Syme, uh, Ruby Tripodi down to Mualalawifi, and then Nina Morrison out. Perfect timing to oh, gee, Bonnie to good, good effing oh. good, mm, very good trade. Yeah, I'd just like to uh, that, I'd just like to throw yeah, in that your good. round rank was um, higher than one of my bench players scored this week because I had um, <laughs> Isadora McClay oh, no. score a three. So <laughs> just as a bit of oh. bit of context of how badly I went this week, I actually I heard on the commentary um, McClay's name come up and I was going to be like, "Well, McClay's she did doing a lot something. of score as a defender," and I was like, oh, <laughs> "I won't mention it." Oh, so. Yes, I am now inside the top 100 at rank 93. And thank God, because uh, we've got some competitor, you know, the competition schmumpetition is one of our strategic pillars, but we've got some other pods doing AFLW fantasy content this season, which you love to see. But we also need some worth <laughs> behind this podcast. We actually know what we're talking about. <laughs> so you finally made it into the top 100. It would be fantastic for the reputation of free kick if you could just stay there, please. Yeah, but what about the hat that I've already got for No, nah, but there was 4,000 people. I've got a hat. Like, come on. <laughs> You're inside the top. Uh, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. So, 
<laughs> I moved up 125 <laughs> spots. Like, here I was last week going, like, maybe I can scrape together two decent mm. enough weeks. Yeah, this was this was where you were hoping to be at the end of next week if you were lucky. Yes. Now I'm, now I'm in a complete... I was not expecting this whatsoever. Um, and thank you to the work of Bit in that. Uh, I was... Of people that were in the top 100 this week, I had the biggest rank rise. Oh, nice. Which is wild. Um, and so, yeah, my goal... My goal before had been, like, oh, I'll finish top 200, top 150. Now mm. it's hold. Just just hold on. And yep. then it, the, the high levels of it is just, like, basically trading out Nina was big. Still having Matilda Schultz go big really helped. And then kind of no one really truly stunk it up that wasn't somewhat highly owned mm. like that's that's mm. that's my main reason for for doing all right this week yeah because like evans didn't have a great week but she was quite highly owned yeah tiny evans going into last week was like there's a great stat or there's a great uh, bit of bit in that that talks about relativity which is basically an indication of if you've got this player in the side it's predictive of you having a high ranking tiny evans for most of this season has been number one Mm. Because her ownership has just gradually gone up and up and up and up and up as you've gone mm. rank higher and higher. She's now down to fourth, uh, which is interesting. But mm. it's it was good that she was the one who stunk it up this week because yeah. it's super highly on top one hundred and in mm. the in the lowest scoring position too. She yeah. was close to my highest scoring player this week, I reckon. Um. <laughs> in your defence, in your defence, that's not far off the truth, which is sad. Yeah. How about we? I like how you um you skipped over the part. Yeah, oh. we're we're going to go to the other end of the scale because my trades this week I did. Kate Horder Roberts, I should have done the Morrison trade. That trade was technically a win because Roberts mm-hmm. outscored Hall, but yeah. I traded out Wardlaw <laughs> after a 29, who scored a 79. Just ouch, fantastic. I uh, traded her to Chelsea Randall, who scored a 50. And I also traded mm. out uh, Izzy Huntington to Gabby, Gabby Featherston, just for a little bit of extra money. Score of 1381, round rank, round rank of over 5,000, uh, which, <laughs> which put me back uh, 230 places uh, up to 645, which basically means that my high-level summary is I've had an absolutely dud week in my season over. So my goal is to now get into the top 100 with my team emeritus professors. So looking forward. I like it. That's a very realistic goal. It's a very realistic goal. I've I've done fantastic at curating this team. And yeah, it's been been a great year. Great year for them. And I'm just so proud of them. You have actively campaigned against some of my players doing well and <laughs> campaigned for like really unfortunate things to happen into my side. Like uh, you wanted, you wanted me to trade in Abby Dowrick so that I could just bring forth an oracle uh, that would either make my season or ruin my season. You didn't want me to trade in Daisy Darcy because you're like, oh no, but that she's one of my pods. She'll yeah. you'll ruin her. Turns out she was ruined anyway. So <laughs> yeah, I did it myself. Excuse team. you, Liam. Um, I think I think having said that, realistically, I am actually genuinely keen to see how Liam goes. As Mel said, I'm super excited that we've actually gotten someone close to the top 100 on the pod because all of us, I think, have had pretty good years regardless, apart from my last week. But to actually get some proof in the pudding of a player right up in high, I'm, I'm really, really proud of you, Liam. 
and it's going to be super, super great to see, regardless of what happens, because f- fourth overall, that's bloody brilliant, honestly. And I've got no reason to watch my own team, so why, why wouldn't I watch right. the best of us? Join in the stress. Join in mm. the stress, absolutely. Having said that, having said that, just quickly, Mel, I definitely think that a good trade option for you this week is Abby Dowrick. <laughs> imagine, imagine if you won a hat bringing in Abby Dowrick. It would just be like full circle completeness. Well, speaking no. of full circle, uh, someone walked <laughs> past you and I after the Bombers game and we're like, who's that? Looking at them, can't figure it out. Oh, it was Leah Cutting, the person that won Liam the hat, or won Liam third place uh, in season six. So, yes, having a few full circle moments at the end of the season. <sighs> um, I feel like I'm quite un- unnoteworthy. Disnoteworthy. Just because it's not a word, is it? You're you're smirking. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're stitching me up. Okay, I'm feeling avo uh, because (laughs) (laughs) um, my overall rank is 482, which I'm very happy about because I really wanted to get in the top 500 and I'm just going to pretend that the top 500 is the top 100. So I'm there. I just got to hold it. I jumped up 200 spots or so this week with my score of 1598, which is pretty exciting. That's pretty big. Yeah. I was just going to say, you say you're feeling pretty avo. You've gone up more places than me and your round rank was still 183, which is still a very good score for the week. Well, avo in between you two because we've got the shipwreck on the bottom of the ocean and the super yacht. And I'm just hanging just out. Just a smaller yacht. Just a little scuba diver. Um, well, at least your ship is still above the water. <laughs> so <laughs> That is true. My specky of bringing in Jordan Allen with you, Will, I mean, it was your specky, I just jumped on yeah. the bandwagon, did not play out. Yeah, it, it, it worked the first week we did it with that 60 for a cheap price. Unfortunately, the Collingwood backline has once again fallen apart, which just means yes. no good. Injuries and more injuries mean that Alan's role has disappeared and she was a very low score on my field, which I didn't need. But other than a couple of, well, I got at least one mandatory trade because Zarika's not going to play Pride Round as far as we know. Other than that, I've got a pretty solid team going into round 10. So I'm hopeful I can just do a little bit of tinkering with my trades and I'll be staying good. So I've got a solid team. Um, My trades of Jay Flynn out to B. Smith was just to make money on my bench. Morrison, 39, to Frederick, 103. I will be talking nice. more about Frederick later. Nice. Because uh, that was great. And Shira, who got 83, but also chatted her after the game, uh, over to Hatchard, who got 99. Not Hatchard's best performance, but I do love Hatchard. So, yeah. Net good. It's, it's definitely a net good. Well, you, ma- you definitely made points on your trades. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Now, you, you, if we compare them to Will, you've basically won the league. Oof. I technically made points on my trades, actually. I think it's like three points. But I did make on. points on my trades, I think. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, while Liam's calculating that, because oh, I can did. see him. I'll, I'll have to go away and do more maths, but you might have made like mm. three points. Actually, I think it was actually a complete net zero. Roberts scored 29 points more than Hoare, but Wardlaw scored 29 points more than Randall. So I think I just stayed the same. (laughs) Could have just done no trades at all. All things considered, I'm actually fairly happy with that. (laughs) 
Mm. <laughs> that is that is a red dub for you this yeah. week, Will. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll give you that. I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked with that. I'll, I'll take that. I've kind of already spoken about my fave and least fave player in my long high-level summary being um, Frederick and Alan for this week. Liam, want to talk us through your plus, minus, plus four and minus three? So, Kiara Bowers, going to Bonnie, just it's so good to be able to watch her and own her as well because obviously it's great being a bomber supporter. Like, I've talked about it and I, I know that it's a, I think it's a pretty standard talking point at this stage. I would say that Bonnie is the second most improved player in the competition this year. And if Laura Gardner hadn't done what she'd done, she'd be the most improved player. It's just awesome that I now get to watch it from a fantasy perspective. Because, mm. damn, she just does everything. 20 touches, 8 marks, 8 tackles, 2 goals, and probably left some points on the table. Probably could have got a couple of extra tackles, dropped some marks. Like, for that, like, even though I paid, you know, top dollar for her, I didn't make two upgrades, kind of left Amy McDonald. I'm super happy. Yeah, and I think one of the things about it is, Bonnie Toogood's a player that at the start of the year, we sort of had that discussion of, we didn't think there was that much scope for improvement. She had a pretty mm. good year last year. And yeah, she's yeah. just... There's no big role changes. Nothing yeah, else is really she, changing. She is now basically a certainty to be in the All-Australian team, given how she's playing. If she's not, I'd be... I mean, I think I said this last time we talked about <laughs> this, which is I, I, I would be surprised if she didn't make it, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't pick her just because All-Australian selection has always been Dumb. strange and a bit bit farcical in, in, in the AFL and AFLW. But regardless, Bonnie Toogood, uh, it was a pleasure to watch her play live. She's just... Can we also just take a moment to realise, Will, you paused, you went, I don't know how much I really want to launch into how bad the All-Australian selections are. You yeah. paused, you armed and armed, you, then you called it farcical. Yeah. You really held back your criticism. It was delightful, because I, I do tend to agree. I reckon she's a bloody All-Australian captain at this rate. Yeah, completely agree. I, I wanted to not be too harsh on it, but like the fact that Alice Edmonds didn't get it last year, for example, I love Brianne Moody, friend of the pod, fantastic ruck, but Alice Edmonds was the best ruck I thought last year. So mm. who knows? Maybe we'll see Bonnie Toogood be this year's hard luck story and be absolutely flabbergasted you, by that don't one. You, don't you speak it to, into existence. I can't speak anything into existence at the moment, Liam. <laughs> well, do you want to at least speak your plus four, your Kiara Bowers for the week into existence? Yeah, I didn't have many options for this one because I only had five players who scored over 100 and three of them are the best midfielders in the competition in Noffy, Riddell and uh, Jazz Garner, who pretty much everyone has, and the other ones, uh, Laura Gardner, who everyone also has. So I've gone for Ella Roberts, who... Was my rare trade win. Uh, probably should have traded Nina Morrison to Ella Roberts, but at least she did outscore Kate Hall. My my gut feel on Kate Hall not scoring as well was right. It just wasn't quite as right as it could have been in terms of who I traded for Roberts. But Ella Roberts, she is she's basically the future of the competition, and she's so bloody good. And yeah, Ella Roberts, my plus four, and a rare shining light for my team this week. Yeah, and to be honest, it, it's lower than what she could have got. She spent a lot of the first half sitting very deep forward, which I just truly do not understand. 
She's so good around the ball. She just makes such a difference. Her hands are incredibly clean. I think Zali's a bit offended that you haven't called her the future of the competition. Well, but... it's, it's actually funny because in our run sheet, we uh, a bit later on are going to talk about our, you know, the players that have been good this year, blah, blah, blah. I can actually quote from the forward section. I said, Zali and Roberts are the future. <laughs> so, <laughs> Zali, was, Zali was the future last week. Roberts is the future this week. Simply put, those two players, they'll probably be forwards for quite a while in fantasy, in fantasy terms as well, which means they're going to be nice. in a lot of fantasy teams for many years to come. Excellent. Neg threes, Paige Scott, flop of the week. Uh, Will, you've got one of eight players to name? Yeah, so my I could basically just name my whole team as the flop of the week, but what really hurt me this week was that I had eight on-field players score sub-60, which mm. just, that just really Ouch. hurt. Uh, basically, my entire backline tanked with the exception of Eilish Sheeran, so I didn't end up actually giving it to one of my defenders as much as they probably deserve it, and it's gone to... And this is possibly the harshest thing I've ever said on, on this podcast because it actually breaks my heart. My all-time favourite player, Nina Morrison. And your namesake. And my Aren't namesake. Aren't you La Nina effect? Yeah. I am. And the La Nina effect. You should just call yourself 39 next year. And <laughs> unfortunately, 39 from a player who for most of this year has been a premium forward isn't going to cut it. You two obviously traded her outrightly. I didn't. Held on to my favourite and it burnt me. And so I'm keeping her in this week so I can just enjoy watching her regardless of the fantasy score. Uh, so yeah, Dana Morrison um, breaks my heart, but she's my minus three. Fair. She would have been if she was still in my side. Can I... I'm not going to go too long on this one because I've complained about many teams this year, but my minus three just goes to GWS. One, for what they're doing to Tani, which is sitting on the bench for too long. She's not yeah. taking kick-ins. She still leads the competition. She still leads, sorry, all defenders for effective kicks and defensive rebounds. So defensive 50 rebounds. And she's barely been above 70, 75% time on ground each of the last four weeks. Um, I don't know what the on God's earth is going on. She's by far and away their best kick. It's stupid. I'd also like to give it to GWS because they literally couldn't hold on to the ball. They basically got out-possessioned by 100 touches, which meant that it was just a <laughs> bloody training drill for the Gold Coast Suns, which meant that Robottom, who usually supplements just this super inside contested game with a whole bunch of tackles as well to get to her at 120s, 130s, there was no bloody stoppages. The GWS couldn't touch the ball. Like, mm. it was just horrendous. Like, they were just so not prepared for the slippery conditions up on the Gold yeah. Coast. I hated it. As a, That was a game that I had a lot of players. Actually, didn't this week. But other weeks, like, GWS and Gold Coast are like, bing, 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 watch those games. You've got a lot of players in these teams. Yeah, that was just chaos to watch. And then watching Robottom... Slipped to her ankle. Don't know what that was. That was also not a great end. I was going to say, at this stage, we may as well just blame GWS for potentially, <laughs> we don't actually know yet, but potentially <laughs> forcing a lot of people to do a trade for Robottom out of their team. Um, because yeah. that's something we'll talk a bit about later. But um, mm. yeah, it's that's going to be 
be an interesting one, but you're absolutely right, Liam. The Tani Evans one for me, as a player with a terrible backline, is is just flabbergasted. I've been using flabbergasting a lot for some reason. I'm I'm absolutely flabbergasted this week. Um, but I just don't understand why you wouldn't use your best, you know, defensive player the way that they had been using her affecting effectively. It just I, I've got no idea what's going on there. I'm I'm completely with you. Uh, yeah. Speaking of defenders who aren't playing ideal roles, Mel, you've got another one of my all-time favourites who was a, a, a contender for my minus three, but because the rest of my backline did terrible, I didn't give it to her. Mel, you've talked about it before. Who is it? Yeah, so just just briefly, Jordan Allen, who I was really hopeful, uh, you guys said, you know, going to make or break the season, tending to break. It's when she does get the ball, she's great. And when she does like kind of when the ball and the plays in her area, she's all over it. But that's just not happening very often because uh, Collingwood having kind of uh, Butler come back in for what one game and then go out and then Ruby come back in for one game and then do her knee or something. I mean, PCL. Yeah. Yeah, PCL, that's right. Um, Another reason my weekend was terrible. Defenders. Yeah, yeah, the player used to sponsor comebacks one game, out again. Um, but, yeah, so they're going to have to push her back into more of a defensive role again, which is annoying because she's been like the yo-yo of excitement in the back line there. Um, so, yeah, she's unfortunately got to go from my side, which is sad because you don't trade out friends of the pod as a rule, but, like, I, I got to stay top five. five even though, even though you both did it with Nina Morrison last week, so yeah, but that was you know that was last week. That was needed. Yeah, uh, I think with with Jordy <laughs> Allen, what I'm desperately hoping is that she's going to go into next season underpriced and be almost like a t- I guess a Tani Evans at the start of this season, where you know that they've got the potential for a sixty plus average coming in well underpriced. Might be a really good pick next year, but as you say, Mel. The Collingwood backline has been ripped to shreds through injury this year, and it has not helped Geordie Allen one bit. Yes. Now, I'm going to very quickly, or will actually, you can very quickly go over the watch and wait scoreboard because we've almost spoke for half an hour. We haven't even started talking about what we're going to do in round 10. Very nice. But yes, the watch and we're not going to wait because we've got to go quickly. We have a new leader. <laughs> it's uh, Bryony's Regretta team, which moved from second into first on the back of a massive score of 16.57 this week. They are 33 points ahead, so it's a sprint to the finish. The top 100 marker is 13,470, 13, which is about what my round rank was. Um, <laughs> so the, the score to stay in that top 100 was 1556, so another massive uh, par, which I was well below. And Bryony's team, Regretta, was in our... Um, free kick league as well, which is super exciting. So she is now leading both our league and the whole thing. 35 people from our league are in the top 100. It's going to be a super exciting sprint to the finish, as I said. Exciting, exciting, exciting. We've got we've got a great first question for our, our Hot Topics, uh, Mel. Yeah, so we did a Sweet 16 last week and... I've seen some interesting things happen since then. So just going to have a little glance backwards at what we said were going to be the Sweet 16 for the last two rounds and what's happened. And then reflecting on that, hot topic number two, who do we need to be adding into our Sweet 16s kind of for round 10, the last round? So who was going to be the highest scoring in each line 
for this one next game. So a little bit of chat around that with some questions um, and also having a bit of a think about the strategy. Do you go for pods or do you go for commonly owned players to, to try keep your position? So the pods, the role they're going to play, some of that chat will be towards the end. So hot topic number one, Sweet 16. I've kind of pulled up what we said last week and I've got a couple of questions to throw at you guys. Number one, Beth Lynch. <laughs> no. Didn't see that coming, did we? Not even close. No. She's had a 14 in a full game this year. Mm. Do we think it stays? Like, no. if you think no. Sheeran's got a good run, does it stay for her too? Uh, yeah, Sheeran, I, I can't say I trust her because she is the literal definition of a yo-yo, but I trust her times about a thousand more than Binchy. Put it this way, Binchy hasn't scored more than 50 this year prior to that 91. If you're, like... Yeah. Don't have much money to play with. If you're looking for a point of difference, you could risk it on it. But literally, gee, literally traded gee, Hannah Priest. Gee, if you <laughs> if if you if you lose a spot in the top hundred by picking Beth Lynch, you, you'd be kicking yourself because there are there are yeah. safer options. So Beth Lynch is five hundred and sixty-eight, and Hannah Priest is five hundred and ten k. Yeah, because she lost another and... fortune. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So maybe a little bit more uh, interesting topic then, Evans. How do we think she's going to fare next week? She's someone that I put as D5. You guys didn't have in there at all in your top five for defenders. Another really low score. Is she someone that we're trading out if we have her? If you can. It really does depend on your side. I honestly think that amongst the reasons I've actually managed to do all right this season is that I haven't been trying to trade my D5. I've just said 50 is fine. Like, if the role is close to the same, it's fine. This week, though, I don't like the role and time on ground for Tani Evans. So if you wanted to try and differentiate, it's not the worst way. I think there's some questions about who the upgrade targets are, but it's possible. Yeah. I'd take a 50, actually, over... um. So was it, Alan God? Yeah. Absolutely. A 50 would have been my third highest scoring defender. So, um, She was my third (laughs) highest scoring defender, in fact. So there you go. There you go. Nice. So Thomas is someone that I put a little bit lower because I was expecting her to have a quieter round 10 when they're playing um, Adelaide. Yeah. She had a big round nine, but is she someone that you would be trading out for matchups purposes given the amount of money she has? If she's playing forward, maybe you would. Yeah, this is, this is my point. That was truly gobsmacking. Uh, in the fourth quarter, Charlotte Thomas gets thrown as like a like centre-half forward leading. And, you know, she kicked a goal and she can still mark the ball, but she didn't look like she really knew where she was meant to be. It just yeah. seemed like a throw, <laughs> throw talented player near a place where we need the ball, which is worse than like... When we see Bonnie on your tag, even Chloe Malloy get thrown behind the ball because that's where the ball is, that's good. Throw where the ball you want it to be, bad. So mm. I'm really hoping that that was just because they actually thought they had a chance to win. I would be very surprised if they did it against uh, Adelaide because I don't think they're going to be in the game. And I would not be trading her out because her best score this year came against Melbourne when the ball lived in that back line. I expect similar this week. Adelaide aren't as easy to score against, but I still think she'll do well. Yeah. 
Um, Liam, what's your note here? EOD not good. Emeril yeah, Driscoll. Emeril Driscoll. I thought it was end of day. I was like, you've given up on the defenders. She's a player that has uh, succumbed to the will curse, unfortunately, because... Oh, I thought you were about to say the Fremantle curse. That's been present the whole time. The uh, Emma O'Driscoll has come into my team and was part of my cursed backline this week, so ah. bad luck, everyone. It really is one of those frustrating ones because it looked like she was the only consistent player at Fremantle. And Surprise. as it turns out... <laughs> and even then... <laughs> even, even then, uh, yeah... It was just a very. That was another very weird game. I I feel like any time there's a breath of wind in inner city Melbourne, it's blowing six million miles an hour down at Casey, and things just get get a bit weird. Um, and yeah, there was just a, there were so few marks in the defence for for Fremantle. The ball like actually didn't live in the in the Fremantle defensive line. So odd. So odd. But yes, I'd had her as someone, I think I had my D4 last week, and that was a bit of a flop. Yeah, I had her as two. But anyway, yep. So are we putting this down to the Frio curse and lowering her out of the top five altogether? Uh, I I think so, personally, yes. Sydney as a matchup this week, it's not amazing. But we did see we you know there was a fair few intercept marks on the weekend, but she's probably not in there as much as I'd like. She's mm. probably in. She's an honourable mention if I were to do it just for this week. Yeah. Okay. Well, hmm. looking at the midfielders, then we all had Noffy is first, and really her and Ghana were within a point of each other. So as long as they, and that's both of them playing each other. And then next week, they're both up against easy teams. So we can pretty much expect them to stay kind of top one and two, I would say. And we, other than you, Liam, who had Rowbottom as your second and Garner as third, I think, you know, an injury uh, is flipping that out anyway. So we can pretty much agree it's it's Noffy and Garner. We'll get to more about the specifics of that in the captains, I reckon, um, with your resting theories. But Rowbottom being injured bumps her down in top five. We all kind of agreed on Riddell, who we saw also had a really good week because North just have a massive amount of points. And then M5, Will and I had Conti and you had Hatchard. Liam. Yes. Sorry, there was no question there. That was uh... <laughs> that, that, that is that was just true. Uh, yeah, it, well, I think this might actually be the chance to talk about that. That Hatchard performance was a good game of football. The problem is she mm-hmm. just hand-passed it a bunch. Oh, gosh. I think she had like and 23 hand-passes. She has... She hesitated so much. She was like, oh, who can I hand pass it to? It's like, kick it, girl. Like, you've got other options. <laughs> kick it, girl. <laughs> you don't just have to hand pass it. Yeah, that's me screaming at the deli. <sighs> yeah, that was that was honestly the biggest thing for her. Otherwise, like, I was I was sitting there going, like, it's one of those games you watch and you'd expect her to be on about 115 because of her impact mm. actually on the game. Mm. Um, and high disposal number, just mostly hand, hand passes. 24 handballs. Still had three marks. Didn't have that many tackles. She was spending a little bit of time just kind of drifting outside the stoppage a bit. She might have been able to supplement that with some more tackles. But yeah, if she just converts that to like a a 13 or 14 kicks and a, you know, 18 hand pass game, you're in like pretty comfortable. Yeah. You're near 110, top 120. Around. Yeah. Kind of what it looked like she was doing and what I expected to be able to do. So I'm not 
I still think she's a trading option this week, kind of pending what you think about how much West Coast, uh, sorry, Adelaide might rest players against West Coast. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and then on the Conti side, that was a flogging. Like, that was not a good game um, for Richmond Day. Like, neither team were really quite clean with getting it through to goal, I would say, but there was just, like, a lot of scrappiness around. And it just meant that, like, kicks being one of the great ways you can get solid points like that was I mean it was still good but it was it was a bit lower just kind of like everything across the board was a bit lower less marks and so she had a good game but it was just a little bit quieter on the scoreboard than it could have been I think that she could still be a good argument for M5 although I probably think I'm leaning towards Hatchard a little bit more because of the matchup that they have what about you Will? Yeah to me this basically entirely comes down to something Liam's mentioned, which is how much uh, management do um, Adelaide put into their star players? Because I think if Hatchard plays a full game, so, you know, 80-plus percent um, time on ground, I think Hatchard does edge um, Monconti. But if she does, you know, maybe play a bit more across half-forward, a bit more bruise-free footy, Maybe you get another 99 because you're just handballing it around because it's a training drill and they don't want her to be contested. Yeah. Whereas in Moncon against Collingwood, two teams that are still fighting for for finals, hmm. you know that Collingwood don't really tag. You know I, think they'll, I think they'll do something. This they'll, do, they'll do something, but they, they don't have a dedicated tagger. So regardless... Even if it is yeah. just a you know a run with roll, I don't think that'll overly concern Moncon, and I think Moncon you'd be pretty you'd be pretty happy you'd be pretty certain of around about a hundred at least I think for for mm. Moncon to you. Whereas in Hatchard, I think's got a bigger range of what she could score this week, but definitely the highest ceiling. Yeah, checks out. Having a look at the mm-hmm. rucks, nope, <laughs> we nope, all we, had we, we, no no there is. There... Well, are we going to are we going to do players we might have to add in that weren't on the list last week inside our top five now? We're going to do that later because it's so. Oh, okay, let's have... just do it now then. What the in the ever loving f are we doing about Kiara Bowers? Because she scored one hundred and twenty seven in seventy three percent time on ground, and they can technically still make the finals this week. I can tell you what we're doing about Bowers. We're back in Bowersness, baby. No, yeah, no, no, coming back no. into my side <laughs> to finish off the round. I I think that Robottom to Bowers is going to be the number one trade this week across the competition. I think, especially, obviously, especially if Robottom isn't named because of that ankle injury. Yeah, I think that that's going to be most likely what a lot of people are doing. Bowers is under uh, one point two million. She's cheap as she's been in Yonks. It's 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 a pretty obvious trade to make, I think. So, I guess I guess mm. for a lot of the people who are in that sort of top hundred conversation, it becomes a question of: Do you go for that obvious choice, or do you try and do something to more differentiate, just in case? And I think Mel's definitely in the back in Bowsness camp. What do you reckon, mm. Liam? I'm in stress the f out camp <laughs> because I okay, we don't trust. The Frio. roles, at, we've t- we don't trust Frio roles. We don't trust their injury oh. reporting. 
the just, one just, role just, we trust is Bowers' role. That's true. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Where did she sit in the third quarter against Essendon before that, she went off? To be, she, to she be fair, coming back square. after an injury. To be fair, that was an injury injury related one. She's still injured though. She's still injured. That's I'm not saying we don't trust injury reporting. I'm saying the role that we trust is yeah, a fit yeah, yeah. Bowers. Is going to do exactly what a fit Bowers does. Yeah, but that's the thing. She's still not fully fit. She's still like clearly. Yes. Not like you don't just get rid of a bone bruise in three weeks. Like she's clearly still not healthy. There's still every possibility she'd sit at full forward just to try and get her through the game. Her time on ground isn't amazing, but it didn't matter because she still had 127. And by God, I swear, I kid you not, and Stannett had like five tackles on that game. She got given two. I. Swear to God, there is a Bowers bias when it comes to tackles. See someone with shoulders and dark brown hair. That, that was Kiara. That was Kiara's tackle. That was definitely her. But if it wasn't stressful enough that she could still score seventy three, she plays the final game of the year. Yes, you trade her. This in. is why she's going to come into my side. That's going to make for a gripping Sunday. No, Mel. What happens if Fremantle have nothing to play for? Yeah, they just exactly. Go, don't play. They don't. They're not making finals. Bowers has been injured for a while. Bowers loves playing. So she's going to go, so what if I make my bone bruising worse? I'm just going to tackle the shit out of everything I can see. And they're not, they don't need her for the week after. They don't need her for a year. She might not even play next year. Who knows? So she's just going to go and give it everything she's got for the last game because she's probably a bit pissy about not being able to go at full strength all season. And that's why she's coming into my side because she's got nothing to lose. I think they're both... Credible lines of argumentation, and that's why it's so stressy. <laughs> stressy and argumentation in the same sentence. <laughs> the, stre- the stress has gotten to Liam. His uh, elocution has uh, <laughs> gotten past and him. I did say last week that, like, under no circumstances is Bauer coming. Bauer's coming back to my side because I have a tendency to break my team, and it doesn't do me well. But. And I wouldn't be doing this if Rowbottom wasn't like a big red flag, but that's a lot of money and it's got to go somewhere. And she's more expensive than Bowers last time I checked, I think. She is. So, yep. Yeah, sweet. So in that case, it opens up a little loophole that I can do this anyway and not be too much of a hypocrite. <laughs> do you have... <laughs> Just not too much of a hypocrite. <laughs> Just a little bit of a hypocrite. Any other counter arguments you want to make for Bowers, Liam? Uh, yes. There is still also the possibility that she will just be like in pain during the game. Because I'm sure she did not want to come off against Essendon and just mm. had to force herself off the ground. And if she is a late out for whatever reason, you know, she is clearly not healthy. There is nowhere else to trade. And I'm going to be relying most likely on Taylor Levy to be my bench score. And if that is the reason that I don't make a hat, because I trade in Bowers, I'm going to be pissed. So, like, yeah, this is why I'm already stressed, because I know that in terms of the highest scoring potential of players to trade in at that level with a good matchup, it's Kiara Bowers easily. Mm. But there are so many, like, little flags just everywhere that, yeah, it's just shit. You can always bring in Hayley Miller if uh, she is a laid out. <sighs> Megan Kaufman? Mm, I don't know if I want 45 in my forward line. Mm. Yes. Well. So, yeah. Um, I'd like to move on again, but... <laughs> we can uh, now. I... I just, we have to we talk now? about Bowers. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair. Um, I think I'm as passionate about Bowers now as you were about bringing her in last time. 
Like yes, and how well did that go for us, Mel? Yeah, but it's it's less it's less consequential for Mel this time. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> oh. okay, Rux. We all had Brie Moody, uh, yeah, Brianne Moody, with a star next to her name. Um, given it good doesn't come back, she did. Um, so now who? Luckily for us Schultz holders, uh, she had a great week, and that is very very satisfying. Because that is my R1 from the starting squad that's just absolutely seen me through. She's staying where she is. Will? We've talked ships passing in the night. Mm. And the ships have passed in the night in the ruck department as well. Because Matilda Scholes went up against Ali Morfitt a few weeks ago. And it was the first time that Schultz beat Morfitt was either that week or the week after. And I am absolutely convinced that in that game at some stage... Matilda Scholes stole Ellie Morfitt's ruck powers and has become the number one ruck in the competition, much like Ellie Morfitt was. Uh, so I, I tend to agree. If you've got Scholes, I don't see any particular reason to trade her out at this stage, given she's going as well, if not better, than pretty much every other premium option. Here's the question, right? It's the you know the main options people have were Bree Moody, Matilda Scholes, Mimstrong. Alice Edmonds. Alice Edmonds this week has a not easy matchup. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really unfortunate spot for a lot of people. Great that you got a good score this week. The tough one here is probably Mimstrom holders. Hmm. Given that, w- that, that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> Will your team's in a tough little pickle here? Uh, she was. She was one of the eight that scored less than sixty. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, so bad score last week. Uh, didn't cover the ground as well as you'd expect probably doesn't benefit from those games where there aren't kind of more predictable high kicks for her to intercept goes up against sydney this week sab frederick just at 103 what about um rising star nom this week lucy wales that was the Uh, right wales sister yeah yeah that was the right wales sister because steph wales had a bad bad week up against moody who is clearly just got the wood on her completely uh, mm. Now, Hawthorne are playing against Geelong. Geelong. One very, very tall ruck in Aaron Hall. <laughs> yes, the very, very tall ruck, the new Anya. Uh, so that doesn't necessarily, that's a pretty middling matchup for like um, the scale of hardness. So you could, but I think we can talk about it later. But I think Schultz has the great matchup this week. Yep. Just keep up Schultz. GWS. Just keep Schultz. If you've got Schultz, don't, don't, don't. I'm not changing. No, it. no, don't trade her. Yeah. What are you going to do, though, Will? I am just keeping strong because my trades are irrelevant this week. So. Ah. Uh, what about my favourite primo ruck, Gab Seymour? Ten Gab points. Seymour off a ten. Yeah. Hey, she's going to be Mel. Mel. She's going to be cheap next year. She could not put any weight on her foot for majority of that game. For the record, Gab Seymour was my ruck in uh, my Keeper League matchup for on-field 10. And my other ruck in Keeper League is Ali Morford, so I could be going into a grand final without a ruck. Well, joyous, interesting joyous enough, though, you know, for anyone who wants to play next year, uh, probably going to get Gab Seymour priced at 65, which is the cheapest she has been for a long time. So, hmm. and, and we know she has a ceiling that is up amongst the top rucks in the competition. She had three 80s in a row at one point this season. So, ah, 
This is one that we'll put in our black book, which just for context for our listeners that didn't listen to us last season, Liam kept talking about running plays in the black book, meaning like he wants to come back to them. And I kept thinking that meant like death book, like he hates them and never wants to think about them ever again. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting way to be framing this for next season. So no, Gab Seymour can go in your fluorescent, don't forget me, don't forget about me colored book for next year as a underpriced ruck. Yes. But in terms of options this week, yeah, I think if you've got Edmonds, I'd almost, if you've got the capacity to sideways in two shoals. If you've got Edmonds? Yep. I think Edmonds has a really tough matchup this week, if I remember correctly. North Melbourne. Uh, North okay, Melbourne. no, not as bad as I first thought. Maybe they're It's a tough matchup in general. Tough matchup in general. I guess she's going up against Kim Rennie most of the time. I was going to say, didn't one of their rucks get hurt? Uh, Kim Rennie's back. Ah, She'd done yeah. her hand and she was a test, but she's she's in this week. Right. Okay. May we move on to the forwards? Yes. I am very happy that I did this because, uh, you know, Will, you weren't here. And yes, you put Frederick as your F4, but I had her as my F5 and it was just Liam and I on the pod. Very happy with my introduction of Frederick to that. Um, and wish you were here so that you could have convinced me to put her up higher. Uh, that run that she's been having when we saw her at that Collingwood game and she tried to sit down on a bench for 30 seconds and got called back on, I was like, this is an essential role. And we saw her, she would take the ruck hit out, she'd run straight over to full forward, so she gets hit out points, she gets goal points, you know, got like score points, and then she can get moved behind the ball as well um, and be like a tall forwardish, uh, sorry, tall defender for like however many minutes that was. So she is fantastic. Um, and I reckon if you're looking for a Morrison trade or someone else trade, Frederick's is probably still fairly lowly owned. Liam, you are squishing your lips together. What don't you like about that? Only because uh, I don't know if... Have you done the maths on the gap between Nina Morrison and Sabs Frederick? Nope. Just going out (laughs) and recommending it anyway. (laughs) Mel, 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 why don't don't I talk about what, like, happened with my F5 whilst you do the maths on that? Because, yeah, I think Sabs Frederick was absolutely great this week. Mm. I... Would have loved to have done that trade, but I just couldn't turn down the possibility of, of going Bonnie, who has you know an understandably higher ceiling. Collingwood do have a tough uh, rack rack matchup uh, this week as well, uh, so still going to be an okay score. But I don't think you, I wouldn't be expecting one hundred and three again. So Mel, how much is it going to cost you to go from Nina to Sabs? Oh, about half a mil, four hundred grand. Yeah, just whip yeah. that out of your back pocket. Downgrade <laughs> yeah. someone on your bench. Twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got a seven hundred k player on my bench sitting there waiting for a yeah. rainy day. Yeah, now's the time. We already kind of spoke about Goldsworthy having a quieter one. Um, I think she's one that you would keep anyway. You're not getting rid of her, and I think she'll be no. very good this week too. Unless you are doing like a Goldsworthy Morrison out, and maybe you're doing like a too good Frederick in? I don't know. The only reason you get out of her is because you need money to put on someone that's flopping like a Morrison, but otherwise you wouldn't be doing anything with that. Now, I'm just imagining Nina Morrison. Have you guys seen the FIFA goal celebrations where people like jump up in the air and like shake their heads? Now that's what I thought of when you said flopping like a Morrison. (laughs) Like a salmon. Doing the fish celebration. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) <laughs> I wish I'd taken a little print screen of that. Yeah, other than that, oh, where's my other tab? I think, you know, we had uh, Gardener, Too Good, Zali, 
Malloy, and you had Hoare, Liam. I actually had, thank God I took Hoare out of this and said don't go there. What's changed for you, if anything? Uh, Are you standing by it? I stand by it because I believe that she was only about two straight kicks away from being up in that kind of 90s range again. And I do think... And that was also done with an asterisk in my mind of it was dependent on whether or not Taylor Harris is back. I did talk Actually, about no, it. You did say that. I did say did that, say it, that. Was, it was really contingent on whether or not Taylor Harris is back. She wasn't back this week. I probably would have been pushing Frederick up because she had that great matchup against no rucks for Sydney. Hmm. I, you actually had Morrison in your honourable mentions as okay, well. Okay, I did. I don't necessarily order my honourable mentions perfectly. They're just right. kind of people that I want to talk about as possibilities to be hmm. in the in the mix. Uh, I do think though that if Taylor Harris is back this week, and you would really hope that she is going into a still important matchup against a, a pretty pissed off Brisbane side. Uh, I still think that she's actually going to be... I think she could actually be pretty good this week and not even the worst trade-in, which would be hilarious given she's just taunted me all year. You want to trade Hoare in now? I think you could absolutely trade Hoare in now. If <coughs> Are you dying? You, Yes. Are you dying and that's why you've made such a crazy suggestion? If, if Taylor Harris is playing, you can absolutely trade in Kate Hoare. She managed to have 75, missed three shots on goal in a very, very windy game that was not particularly high scoring, if your name was not Kiara Bowers. I think she can still score all right. And Mm. she will be someone they target. And that's always the case when they're playing against better teams. Well, I might uh, slot in a Twitter question that we had because I have got to do that up until now. Question from Todd Rooster1016, is Hoare an option to bring in for Malloy and bank the cash for upgrades? The cash for upgrades. Uh, both putting out similar numbers, surely Hoare due for a biggish game. Sounds like that's aligning with what you're saying, but would you trade Malloy out for that? If Harris comes back in, like you've been saying. If you are desperate for, it's like 140k, I think that they could both score 90s this week. That gets you a third of the way to my <laughs> Nina to <laughs> Frederick <sounds> option. <laughs> oh, solid, solid advice there. Yeah, okay. And then would you trade out either Hall or Roberts for too good? See, I would say yes, because I traded Hall for too good two weeks ago. And boy, that was a great call for me. <laughs> and I, <laughs> if I do say so myself, and I think you could still do that if you have them. Well, not Roberts, if you have Hall. Yeah, it's like Hoare to two goods, probably 20 points. Which, if you're... Depends where you're sitting from Tim Flicker Tim here. Yeah. If you need 20 points, I mean, there's 20 points between... Yeah, there's 33 points between first yeah. and second, so... These margins mm. are now important. Every point counts now. Mm. Oh, yes, thank you. Uh, did, they, they didn't count <laughs> See, I, I know this because my team Emeritus Professors is in the top 100. <laughs> I don't know like, where you're at, Liam, so... <laughs> I'm I'm off oh. I'm off with the fishes. Oh golly. Nice. Um so we've kind of done a review of our top five and the little shuffles we would make at the same time, which I think is a very effective way to have done that. Look, pods, I did not come prepared with any. Nice. No. I've I've got a couple actually, ironically. I've I've got I've got some. Will <laughs> um, Pod Defenders. Yeah, pod defenders. So the defender that I'm particularly interested in 
as a cheap option who has a good matchup this week is Amy Smith. So, mm. scored a 60 and a 70 the last two weeks. Comes up against a Bulldogs team that absolutely leaks points, especially to midfielders. Um, for only, I think it's, she's uh, just a, just going to check. She's 633. So, cheap as chips. You could basically make 100k if you were looking to trade out, say, a Tiny Evans. Yeah. For probably mm. a similar, if not better, score. Um so if, if, if Tani Evans out, for example, is a trade you're doing to diversify your team a bit for this final round and you need a bit of money to make a, a big upgrade somewhere else, I don't see that as a terrible option. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm fully on board with that as well. The one I want to talk about is Lucy McAvoy. Who oh, has... no. <laughs> Lucy McAvoy is Tell in Mel's Black Book. Yeah, yeah, as in the, the black book never trading again. Actual death note. Yeah, but Mel, you're yeah. always sucked into thinking that you, uh, yeah, I should probably have Lucy McAvoy in my team. Yeah, because her you and um, her Beth, what's her name? Lynch, Katie Lynch. Yeah, Katie Lynch. I almost said Beth Lynch. So, <laughs> I think that there has so inside of her last five scores, basically, they've all been good for what she's priced at. Say for the game against the Western Bulldogs, where I think it might have been Bailey Hunt was actually running a bit mm. of a role on mm. her. Coming up against Fremantle this week, who are a very good scoring matchup for defenders, she's just scored 74 with 22 touches. Not that many marks, not that many um, tackles. Just looks like she's really becoming that kind of Karen Peterson, that player she used to battle for points with in that mm. Sydney defence. Like, Ella Heads is the run-around, go-tackle people try and take some intercept marks and McAvoy's been a really calm head. She's <laughs> 690k and yeah, if you're going for a one week matchup play, she's cheaper than Tiny Evans. I don't Do think you it's think... worth trade. So she got a 74 when she played Collingwood. Good ty- good side. And then she got a 39 when she played Bulldogs. Shit side. Do you think Frio is closer to good or shit? Because I would be a little bit... I know they're good for, what's she called it? Um... Uh, hardness stuff, um, <laughs> the official term, but I'm not too sure. It's, I don't think it's a question of whether or not the side she's going up against are any good because I think Fremantle are a, a great side for fantasy scoring against because much like Carlton, they're just good enough. They're good enough to move mm. the ball to both ends <laughs> of the ground. They're good enough to pick the ball up to get tackled. They're good enough to kick the ball far enough to get intercepted. The ball, yeah. like Fremantle can play and they can beat Sydney. Like, they're not, it's not that. Like, it's just, it's the ball is going to be in the defense, and Fremantle have shown the fact that they're not great at using it all the time, and you, they allow yeah. good scoring to I don't defenders. know, man. Sydney currently rank eighth. Like, they've, they're out, like, they've got something to prove. When they are good, they're really good at the moment. So, I'm not so convinced that it's going to be a, I don't think Frio's going to win that. No, and therefore, but I don't I, think. Yeah. Even in even in games where they they haven't been that close in it, there's still been good scoring for defenders. And I also yeah, think okay. that that bad score against Western Bulldogs was more down to the fact she actually was getting attention, a some form of defensive tag. So, mm. I think that if you're looking for someone who is value, she is absolutely uh, an option this week. I wanted to I put a strong talk- hesitation on that one, but I oh, will let you- your voice. Yeah. Per- personally, for um. 70k less, I, I like my Amy Smith option, and I'm going to take that as a W because it's the only one I'm going to get. 
Um, Can I? Well, but... while whilst we're talking defenders, got a question here of some Poddy-ish kind of players. We've got uh, a question from JD here, who I think is ranked like twelfth at the moment. Um, trying to round out a defensive line, a Driscoll, Grider, or Walker. Which do we prefer? I'm very unhappy with uh, Emma O'Driscoll, I will say that. Um, mm. Brooke Walker's a really interesting one because she's kind of jumped out of nowhere and scored 268 and an 81 in the last three weeks and hasn't had over 65% game time in those games. So a lot of midfield uh, time. Uh, I think yeah. the, the reason that I... So had a horrendous first half against Carlton, had a bunch of tackles in the second half. Yeah, she I, really upped her tackle game. I wouldn't be doing Brooke Walker because she's now like seven. She's seven eighty seven. She's bloody expensive at this point on the back of those three consistent good weeks after some bad scoring before. Particularly if Steph Kane is back though, because at that point mm. the Bombers will have their full complement of midfielders, and well, they won't have their full complement of forwards, but they'll have Vot, Sophie Alexander, and Paige Scott. Brooke Walker has been a bigger body that they've thrown in the midfield for her tackling pressure. It's been a really helpful addition, particularly with Jackie Vott out. But if you're trying to fit in Prasparkas, Nanscorn, Kane, and then rotating through quite often Vott and Scott and maybe a little bit of Brooke Walker, I think her time on ground might come down, but her midfield time might come down a little bit. She'll spend some more time on the wing. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think for me, if you're in a position like JD's if he's in around 12th, it's a move that could get you up to the top 100 if you're already fairly sure you're going to get a hat. But if you're on the cusp, it's it's a, a big risky one. I would personally avoid Emma Driscoll because she's part of my cursed backline. <laughs> so to me, Nat, oh, Nat, no. Nat Grider against a very good team in Melbourne seems to me like the safest pick there. See, Liam's gone now nah on Walker. You've gone now nah on O'Driscoll. I was sitting here being like, I'm going to go now nah on Grider. Nice. I think I what this. we're saying is, uh, JD, go back to the drawing board and yeah. think of JD, a trade. <laughs> we don't like any of these. And I only say no to Grider because she's up against Melbourne and we've seen when we've had players from Melbourne in the past that they will just kick it straight across the defence and not even really get the defenders to be able to do much there. Yeah, Will? Yeah, I just love how I was just thinking how much I love that we're talking about a guy who's allegedly on the cusp of being in the top 10 and we're just like, JD, nah, your mate. ideas are terrible. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that all three of these players, it, it, they're an interesting set of players, I guess, because I don't think any of them are really in that upper echelon. So I'm assuming this is a price related thing. Yeah, so they're all priced at basically yeah. the same thing. 787, 778, and 742. Honestly, I would be going yeah. down to Belinda Smith at 734. She's one that I hadn't really thought about. Oh, Belinda Smith. West yes. Coast Belinda Smith. Not Bella Smith, ah. the, the, the ruck forward. <laughs> yeah, and not Amy Smith, <laughs> who <laughs> I was Amy like, Smith. yeah, I actually like that idea. So many Smiths. Um, and not Bella Smith, the uh, Brisbane debutante this week. Yeah. Yeah, who's in my side. Hmm, well, okay. moving, maybe move Smith now to down. some midfielders. Uh, <laughs> row bottom, we've already kind of discussed what the problem is going to be there. That's probably the main one. And we've also talked about Bowers, and we saw some questions about both of them. Now's probably the time to talk. Can we actually talk about what the resting situation? Mm, yeah. So there was a question here from uh, Muscles SC. How many North mid should I try and fit into my team this week? 
Five. <laughs> yeah, sure. But Amy Smith and Bruton King. <laughs> she's a defender. Garner and Riddell. No, but she's actually a midfielder, though. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You could throw Emma Carney in there as well. So True. Uh, so, that's, that's a great question. And it really is like a really tough one to answer because it does come down to whether or not North Melbourne decide that they can just you know, put their feet up in the final quarter because here's the situation. They're currently sitting in a pretty comfortable position on the ladder. They're currently sitting third. But they are equal on points with Brisbane and Essendon. Now, Essendon will play before them, so they'll know if they need to win. The Bombers are not going to match the Kangaroos' percentage, which is 207 because their defence is ridiculously restrictive and Hmm. Essendon's 112th. So North are winning comfortably against a Western Bulldogs team that we all agree are bad. Are they going to, you know, lower the time on ground options in that fourth quarter and say, you know what, just chill, relax. If you've got any niggles, kind of put up your feet a little bit. Who are you suggesting has a niggle? Are you thinking they're going to be uh, no, no, but we don't know, right? Like, mm. this is the, we don't hear about the niggles. We only hear about the yeah. actual injuries. My question then is, who are they probably going to leave on the ground more or less? Because here's the, here's the other problem. Bruton and Mia King both had more time on ground than normal. I think they were low 80s last week, which is not surprising. It's a very tough matchup. They want their best fit players in the park all the time. Garner, I think, had her highest of the season of 89, and Riddell, Riddell had 87%. Hmm. I think there's a very real possibility that it could be Ash Riddell who might spend a little bit of time off the ground because here's my hypothesis. Yeah, It's very simple. It's not going to go for real. I think they want to try and get Garner the Best and Fairest Award, and so they'll keep her on to try and guarantee three votes. I hear that, and I add the fact that the North Port game, where they'll spend the first ten minutes off the game, off the ground. The Doesn't... game after that, yeah, she might not. She might have been on the ground for the first. I don't know. I want to say five to ten minutes, but she was doing fuck all, and so maybe she was off. Maybe she was just running around. I think that we've seen that they're starting her slower, and she's still making it up in fantasy points. But she's the one that they're taking off a little bit more, especially at the starts of the game, just to, I guess, see how they're going. So I, I think you could be right there. Like when you first said that, I was like, oh, in my head. And then I was like, no, actually that checks out. If you were looking to trade in any North midfielder, and I'm just going to quickly check their prices, I actually think it could be Mia King because she's the youngest by far of the four mm. of them. Uh Let's actually just pull them all up. So, youngest by far of all of them also had relatively low time on ground on the weekend. I don't know if they'll take her off nearly as much. She's the cheapest of all of them as well at 1.095 million. If for whatever reason you don't have the cash for Bowers or you have to do two trades in your midfield, I do not hate taking a stab on Mia King. Fresh off 100 last week. Two hundreds in a row, in fact. Yeah, and, and has looked good the last two weeks too. And kind of if you mm. if you take away a real stinker against Port Adelaide for sixty eight, uh, she's just absolutely blitzed the second half of this season. She's averaged, I'm going to say, close to double digit tackles, um, and I think that Western Bulldogs allow themselves to be tackled a fair bit. So 
yeah, I don't know if you want to have all your, the North midfielders because there is a risk that there's a bit of a park people on the bench. You leave them on for 10, 15 minutes at the end of the fourth quarter, which really stops them getting that extra 10, 15 points to get a really good score. But if you do, I think it's Mia King. Well, I mean, basically, if you take out that 68, since basic, well, about round three, Mia King's averaged almost spot on 100. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that you can fairly reasonably expect against a team that's pretty average, as we've said a few times, even if there is a slight reduce in time on round, I think 100's pretty reasonable expectation. Yeah, you yeah. take that. So, yes, that's that's like one of the big questions for the week. And then the other one is Adelaide, who, uh, if I remember again correctly, they're also in a situation where they can still conceivably like make the finals. But I think the thing that... Sorry, make first. I was going to say that they should make the finals from here. Finish first. They, you know, and guarantee if they were to make a grand final that they'd get a home grand final. They're playing before the Melbourne and uh, Brisbane game. So Mm. I think it's less of a concern that there will be too much rest because it's just substantially more likely that they're going to try and run up the score massively. In the hope that, and Eagles is the team to do that against. Yeah, and you would just hope that it'd be a really close game between North and not North Melbourne and Brisbane, and then they can put themselves in with a chance for first. So I think it's mm. mainly a problem for North Melbourne this week. Yeah, because Adelaide are first. They don't know what margin they need to get to get them first, so they're just going to go as hard as they possibly yeah. can. Yeah, this this game could very conceivably be well over 50 points if Adelaide Fedding can go for it. And can we also they are travelling, though. True. But to do that, they I don't think they do that without Noffy and Hatchard playing most of the game. Hmm. So, I think... I, yeah. think Although, I, agree, I agree with Liam that North Melbourne's probably the bigger concern here. Yeah, and you know what's really funny? Is that the last time we had to worry about this happening was Season 6, and that was... It was... um No, last year, sorry... Melbourne had to try and run up the score massively to try and finish first, and that was up against West Coast. And so the Hmm. other reason why we're extra concerned about this is because in Season 6, Noffy and Hatchard sat on the bench for like 10 to 15 minutes in the final quarter, which is Hmm. also part of the reason that I actually managed to finish third because Noffy was a popular C. She was on like 116 at the time, and then they were just like, just chill. Have have 10 minutes off. But they're it's not in pro- as, such a secure position this time. Yep. It's also probably worth noting that that year was the year Hatchard had a few foot problems as well. So probably not mm. surprising that she had um, a bit more time on the bench as well in terms of the, her management. But yeah, the fact that they've done it before is a bit of a flag. Yeah, I just think mm. the fact that the way they've timed up these games and the fact that there's still a percentage possibility for Adelaide to just try and absolutely brain it and score and allow no points against West Coast, that means that you don't have to worry about it as much. And Adelaide do only really have those two where North, like even the question being how many North midfielders should I put on? There's so many really good elites to choose from. And this is the reason behind, which I didn't articulate the other day because I was incredibly tired, why market share doesn't actually mean that much in my mind as a kind of numbers person is because you can have multiple players in North Melbourne's midfield scoring absolutely bonkers scores, averaging out to a market share of like 8 9% each because North Melbourne's total point scored is huge. 
So if you were just going on market share percentages, you're like, oh, they're average, they're average. Nope, they're not, you know, a Laura Garner or something getting 20%. I don't know what that is, but something huge. But because you do have so many elites at North Melbourne that can get massive, they can kind of sub off like a Riddell for a little bit and know that they've still got Bruton, and know that they've still got King, where you've kind of got Hatchard and Noffy as the, the duo at Adelaide. You're subbing one off, the other one is going to go berserk, The other, then the one that you've subbed off is going to kind of dampen it but you would only be doing that if you're really confident so I actually think it's yeah it's a really for captains and I'm sure you're you've thought about this a lot but the the combination of both of those sides having easy matchups and being the goods captain's choices is going to be really tricky I think a lot of what make and break makes and breaks teams this round is who you captain yes almost certainly would you like to transition <laughs> and tell us what we should do then <laughs> no because I don't know <laughs> <laughs> We've Tell also got forwards to do. to do. Don't forget oh, those, yeah, and actually, I suppose yeah. Oh, yeah, as well. Rucks. In terms of one ruck that I think as a spray and prey, Caitlin Gould at like six hundred k. Just as the full forward. She's a full forward against West Coast. Like she could kick four or five. That that's my that's one. That's actually really good. Call. Otherwise, if you've got Shoals, just don't touch. Hold it. steady. She's the best you've got at the moment. So mm. keep doing what you're doing. And then forwards. Uh, in terms of forward pods, the the one of the most popular ones to talk about, same reason, Danielle Ponta really kind of has a super cruisy matchup, can score a bag Kelly. four or five. Neve Kelly, she's kind of actually a bit expensive at this point. The other mm. one I wanted to mention, that she's been kind of a, a rough pod I've mentioned on different channels at different points this year. Emma King, kind of with an easy matchup with no really good mm. tall defenders at the Western Bulldogs. Um, we know she's got a ceiling in the 90s. She's not had a particularly great couple of weeks. I think that's perfectly fine. The other one that kind of has been, I've mentioned a few times as as a player to both watch and to kind of own as a pod is Gabby Newton. Going up again, a really good matchup this week. North Melbourne are the easiest team for scorers uh, for defenders. And I think that's partly what's so frustrating about North Melbourne is that they've just got an incredible team but for whatever reason their entries inside 50 what they just they don't know how to lead their leading patterns mm. don't seem to work so scoring they're mucking around they're scoring it's really really good Gabby Newton is a forward but she plays as a defender so those are some kind of a few pods that you could probably target this week yeah I think the other the only other just... one if you want to go super specky sorry for cutting over you there Mel would be Talia Randall um, for a big bag against um, against the the dogs, um, not a huge scorer needs to kick four or five goals to score a seventy nine. But if you really strap for cash, four ninety one. Yeah, that's really cheap. And if they just start sharing them around, yeah, yeah, it's interesting now because we're at this position where because you've got these crazy matchups. And multiple of them. You've got second versus 16th. You've got third versus 18th. We're actually discussing forwards that we think are going to be good picks because they can kick a lot of goals because they're in those high-scoring teams that are going to make multiple lots of sixes as opposed to how we discuss forwards every other time. Yes, Liam? Okay, I've just realised why Caitlin Gould is even more of a smash pick. She's possibly the only person that could actually conceivably tie for goal-kicking record this year. She's on Ooh. 16, Hoare is on 19, Zanker is on 20. They play beforehand, just funnel 
everything down yeah. Kate Gould's throat. Yeah. If if she can if she can break the record for the most uh, goals kicked by a player in a single game to get that um, yeah to get that award. Damn, I'm kind of wishing I wanted to do a ruck trade now. At least at least be in a position where you have to force because Zanka and Hall both go up against Brisbane, who are good forward, they're good defenders, um, and so they might actually you know not be able to score goals really easily. And Brisbane are going to be pissed because they lost to St Kilda and that would make me pissed too. Hmm. <laughs> Why is that, Liam? Uh, Will. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Will, given that you've somewhat given up on your side... What? ...and you've got Strom, can you please do the Strom to Gould ruck trade? But that gets rid of my other trades, which was trading in three Geelong players, which is my modus <laughs> operandi for when I give up in men's classic, which I think was about round three this year. Wow. Um, but you know what? I'm actually going to... I'm going to outsource my trades this week. Um, mm. So I'm going to give one one of us each a trade. So, Mal, you've got your trade. Strom and I think that'll make you money. It will. Yeah. Uh, Strom de Gaulle, done. Uh, Woohoo! We'll, we'll get back to yours, Liam, when we, we talk about trades a bit later. But, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to outsource them this week. Oh, this is entertaining. Well, the only thing left between that and trades is the insights I will be writing down to figure out who I'm going to captain this week. Liam, take it away. No pressure. What yeah, should we do? So, what should we do? So, first of all, we've got Noffy with a great matchup and probably going to have to try and junk. It's not an amazing matchup, though, because I don't think they're going to get nearly as many tackles. And does she get tagged? Then you... I. It doesn't matter. It's an offie. She, she does. Uh, but, she does. But like, what she does. She, so she did get... To, actually, let's let's actually give Mel more credit than that for the, for the question. Lucy Single did tag Noffy. I think that was an error. I think it should go to Hatchard if you're going to tag someone. But I also think it's a situation where the West Coast style of tag works for the kind of grunt midfielders. Hatchard is a marking beast, can cover territory incredibly. I don't think West Coast have the horses for that. And then if it's Noffy, she just is just like obsessed with kicking the ball. She's just mm. obsessed like with every, not just kicking the ball, just the getting get the smothered, ball. Like just getting the ball. She just wants the ball she more just, than she just wants. She just literally wants the ball, and she is just like obsessed. Mm. Like that's the only way I can describe it. It, it doesn't. I just don't think you need to tag it that much. So I think you could go absolutely Noffy VC. See, kind of to start see the, the question league. there is, do you VC one of the North players in case they do they go first. big against the Bulldogs? See, that's that was my other option. Yeah. That's my other thought. Like, I don't know if... So for the reasons I've said, I don't know if I can um, VC Riddell. I think I can definitely VC Garner. Because I can see her kicking a bag of goals. Um, she still managed to score all right when she was seeing a fair bit of attention against Port Adelaide in that windy game at Arden Street. But I can see her at least hitting that 120 mark this week. Then when it comes to your actual C, I think you could... Well, what I'm currently Powers. considering doing is turning to my girl, Laura G. Ooh. Geez, that's going to be a stressful a, wait for you, though. The last game of the round. Uh, in terms of some other options that people have mooted around the traps, 
Uh, Emma Swanson off of two good scores, 116 and 121, I think, in the last two weeks, after I said, I think, I don't know if she really has a ceiling. She has her high score ever. Uh, and she's playing against Adelaide, who do allow scores. I, I don't know if Swanson's going to get enough of the ball, but she's definitely someone, if you've got and you really want to pod, that's a great spot to be in. Uh, I'd love I'd love as a joke if someone wants to do Matilda Schultz fresh <laughs> off her first ever ton going up against the Renee Karras. See, it's, see, it's a real shame because I would yeah. have I would have done that, but I've already done my ruck trade this week, so. <laughs> oh well, oh well. Well, maybe you can put the C on Caitlin Gould. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's probably either you're going an Adelaide into a North or you're going a North. Into one of the Sydney or Frio. Wouldn't it be north into Adelaide? Attendees. Sorry. Yep. Sorry, north into Adelaide, or Adelaide into um, Sydney Frio. We've, Mel, we've, are you we've, doing your we've reached that moment? part of the episode where Mel <laughs> is pondering all the information and takes an extra couple of seconds to respond because she's just mulling it over and is staring intently at the screen, which is my favourite part of every episode. I'm going to say, Mel. Yeah. So I was going to trade in three Frio players, and I didn't even realise that three Geelong players was your tell because I don't play men's fantasy. Yep, that's fair. And then I was thinking about it, and I was like, nah, that's a bit silly. So then I had, I was like, maybe I'll do Amy Smith. And then I just accidentally reversed the wrong trade. So I was trying to not stare intently at the screen, <laughs> worrying about my trades while recording, and I just re undid the wrong trade. And I was like, oh, God, what was it that I wanted to do? Should we go into trades? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Mel, what trades are you doing? Well, I was going to do Robottom to Bowers, Alan to O'Driscoll, and Zurika to Tig. And then I got convinced mid-recording that Amy Smith is a good defender option, and I like that. So now I'm looking at who I can get for Zurika. Price-wise, and the most expensive player I can afford is T. Smith. No, that's a midfielder. Why is that coming up? <laughs> that's a midfielder. Nice. <laughs> I'll that's cut a, that that's out. a great trade Oh, you know why? Line, it's because I've searched the word Smith <laughs> for Amy Smith. by accident. And, and so many players came up, I thought I'd done the filter correct. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 Smiths to choose from. Nice. Instead, yeah, I'm just looking at who I can get for a forward. Like, I would really like Tig because it's Tig. But, How much cash have you got? Um, 1.045. So, like... Neve Kelly. I could go... Yeah, Neve, Neve yeah. Kelly to put the hammer on her old team. Yeah. I mean, that's the best bang for buck, so maybe I'll do that. You know, you could... Okay, actually, that's one player we didn't discuss as well. And that's really quite unique. Super cheap. You could go super cheap. Um, Lucy Single, if Charlie Robottom is not playing, will have more ball back there. Uh, I definitely think that is an option. Also, another player who's been playing really well the last two weeks, Paxi Paxman, fresh off her highest score of the year, and we've seen she often scores better in the back end of the season. Yeah. Don't mind that. I'm thinking I'm going to go Neve Kelly just because I want to see West Coast get smashed. <laughs> All right. As a Frio Spoken supporter. Spoken like a true Frio supporter <laughs> who knows they're not making finals. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Got nothing to lose, so it's at fun, least West Coast should the lose. the other bit of joy. Mm, what about you? 
So I know for certain what one of my trades is, and that is Versace sign. I'm banking 300, oh, she's 391k, and I'm going down to the Mahushu B if you need a looper this week, Jennifer Higgins. <laughs> she is a 300k midfielder. Is it Jennifer Higgins? Yeah. She's an yep, Irish recruit. Irish recruit, ACL injury. She is not going to play, and she plays in the final game of the round. So you will not have to stress about any, oh, are they going to come on and make a mistake? We have a surprise lady in Bush it's, style appearance. It's Jenny Higgins coming back from ACL injury in like <laughs> eight After weeks. like four weeks or something. Three yeah. months. <laughs> yeah, so that is, that is if you need a looper this week, this is who your looper is. That's just just lock that one in. Uh, my other trades. Oh, now it gets like, interesting. The trades that I can't, the trade that I currently have looking at sees Robottom go to Bowers. Yes. Yes. And rather, rather frighteningly, the other trade because I so basically the the weak links in terms of scoring I see on my side left. For their position are Amy McDonald and Tani Evans. Um, Amy McDonald has Hawthorne this week, which I think could just be a scrappy tackle-a-thon. And Amy's looked good in games where she's been allowed to tackle this year. She did not have that on the weekend. And then I've got Tani and I've got a bunch of cash, which would allow me to go Tani up to Ange Stanett, which would be Frightening because it means that two players I'm trading Frio. in play for Fremantle and they're the final game of the round. Especially if you put Captain Gardner as well. Oof. That is going to be a nervy yeah. wait. Because I wouldn't know what my rank was going to be. I would just be blown way out. I yeah. would just be, you'd be off yeah, you'd, like You'd be sitting two, three hundreds and just watch, having to watch it roll back towards it. I, I'm, I'm not actually going to watch. If these are the trades I do, I'm going to like go... Like put my phone down and you know go for a swim or something. Like not be able to look at my phone because I'm just going to be a nervous wreck. If you couldn't tell. <laughs> hey, what you doing Sunday, Arvo? <laughs> Want to watch the game together? <laughs> oh, and now you get to choose Will's trade. Oh yes, yes. So how much? Cash the most important zone? trade of the week. I actually. have remaining salary. I have three hundred and twenty-nine thousand. Oh so, my lordy, this is delightful. so I can get pretty much anywhere. Yeah, but this isn't. Unfortunately, about that's not quite enough for Morrison so, so, to Frederick. So, I think that will I'll allow you to fix Charlie Robotham, yep. and I'm going to give you. Yeah, let me just check how much they are. You've got what three hundred something yeah, odd. So if I. With Charlie Robottom, I can afford anyone but Marinoff, who I already have anyway. You can, you can, you can have Marinoff, and I'm gonna say you might be even be able to bring in Moncon. Oh, I love it! Delightful, mm. straight away in the book, and I've got two hundred and fifty-five k to do something, which I don't know what that is yet. Uh, my original trade plans were Benici and Robottom out for McDonald and Prasparkas, and then trading Chelsea Randall to Darcy Maloney because she's my third favourite player behind those two in Prasparkas and Nina Morrison. 
yeah. So I may still end up doing that. But I'll have a play around and see what I can do with uh, 255k to bring in another player that I enjoy watching. Who knows? Maybe, yeah, maybe, I think that's maybe the we way should to throw it, it to Twitter and see what they reckon. <laughs> you don't yeah. even want to have throw a say up, on up. one of your three trades? Yep. I want to see what Twitter suggests, yep. which actually is a, a perfect segue into, well, we've gone through the listener questions, but we've got, obviously, this is the final round of the year. We're probably not going to record on the Monday night as we typically do because it is a long weekend. It's technically public holiday. Mm. No, it is not technically a public technically holiday. Technically not. Sorry. <laughs> technically not a public holiday. Some of us... Good chat, guys. But it means that we'll probably record sometime on the Wednesday or yep. later in the week. But we're going to have a whole bunch of awards going live this year. For some of them, we might throw a few options up online over the weekend and throughout the back end of this week, just to see what the listener's choice would be for these awards. Because we're obviously got the more important opinions, but we'd like to know what the listeners think about some of the, the fantasy awards, best player of the year, best rookie, best kind of rising star, kind of mid-price at a primo, those kind of fun situations. No, are you still thinking on your trades? Or you've just got nothing <laughs> yeah, to throw no, through? I'm pondering. I'm pondering. <laughs> that was one of the longest um, ponders we've had all season. It's just showing that we really are at the pointy end of the season here. Well, I didn't know if you guys wanted to say anything either while I was pondering. Um, yeah, look. So that's that's probably it. Wish us all luck. I wish everyone luck, especially you, Liam. You don't need to wish me luck. <laughs> weight of the free kick platform on your shoulders. Um, I wish you luck with your gold trade in. Oh, thank Will. you. I hope that I stay in the top five hundred top five hundred and we will speak to you all next week in a very nervous review of the season eight. Mel's obviously forgotten that we usually throw to our social at this point, so you can find me over the weekend being a stressy little shit. So, so realistically you probably <laughs> won't you probably fantasy. won't be able to find Liam over this weekend you actually. Won't, I will you're probably gonna not be able to find me, particularly if some of my trades go wrong early. Hmm. Great. So Liam's incognito this weekend. Will, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at WillH underscore VI. You can go there for all of my pictures with players and I've changed my... Gridel. I was I was about to get there. Play the Gridel. Uh, uh, I was actually going to say I've changed my Twitter bio to say that I'm actually the uh, free kick historian, not actually one of the coaches. So I'm just here to... Watch Liam do really well while I go, I remember when Jess Delpost was GWS's best scorer back in season one. <laughs> um, but yes, and, and, and the other thing is uh, Gridel Game, uh, at Gridel underscore game, uh, is similar to Gridley and Footy Grid. I believe these guys very kindly gave it a pump up on the episode last week. Uh, follow it on Instagram and Twitter. Play along. It's great fun if you have any interest in AFLW and want to learn a bit more about the players uh, and show off your knowledge as well. So chuck that a follow, play along, yeah. new grid every weekday. Getting harder and harder. It's uh, very difficult for, for, for Mel, so yeah, that's, that's a good the sign. The first one was hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't, have the, I don't have the AFLW knowledge you guys do. So um, yeah, and you can find me as HiMelD on Twitter and Insta. And we will chat to you all next week. Bye. See ya. Yeah.